Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. So good good to morning. Good morning to everyone here and yep. everyone at home. Good morning, everyone at home. I've already said good morning because I started off. But you're, a, you're a little bit far from me. Am I? I'm gonna push you in. I was going to start singing then. <laughs> but I can't remember the song. <laughs> so... Pastor Adrian has been um, just inundating me this week with dad jokes. I don't know. I think he just found a new site um, for jokes. He is a dad. He is a dad. He's a funny man. Do you know what's worse than dad jokes? (laughs) Uncle jokes. (laughs) Hey, he came in this morning and he goes, do you know that SCUBA is actually an acronym? Anybody? Do you know what it stands for? Yeah, we've got one here. New Zealanders know what it is. Yeah, self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. That's what wow. scuba. Do you know that tuba now I, also now I know. is an acronym? Terrible underwater breathing apparatus. <laughs> That's his. That's his. <laughs> and he, he also told me this morning that a, a glued deck of cards, he can't handle it. He just can't deal with it. Can't, can't deal with it. Um, I'll copyright Adrian Taylor and all complaints can be forwarded to to his email address, which we will be putting on the screen. Hey, I'm just mindful um, right at the moment. We had an earthquake in in Victoria. Mm. How's that? Crazy. It was like 5.8. Crazy. I didn't feel it. No. Apparently some people here did. Some, some people did. They shut down Mildura Court um, for a couple of hours because there were, there were tremors going on and that. I don't know how they knew. Maybe they were videoing and the videos were shaking or something like that. But um, Jesus spoke about this. If you look at Luke, um, Luke recorded this and he said, and this is, the whole, this is a whole bunch of it condensed. And he says, then, then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. That's like culture against culture. And, and it doesn't just mean countries against countries. This is actually nations of greed, nations of commerce, nations of all different types of kingdoms here. There will be signs in the sun, moon and stars on the earth. Nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and the tossing of the seas. You just hear that all the time at the moment. You know how things are going to, how they're changing and they're only going to get worse. Um, people will faint from terror, apprehensive of what, of, of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will even be shaken. And when these things, and other versions say there'll be earthquakes and there'll be um, things happen all around the world. But it says, when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift your heads because the kingdom of heaven is drawing near. We've got to be reminded that even though there's stuff going on in the world at the moment, in the earth, we need to go back to what Jesus said. Um, and he, he said, these things will happen. And I've, I've warned you in advance so that you know, so that your hearts won't grow faint. And he says, actually steal yourself, get ready for it and, and, and don't be alarmed by it. And, and I, this morning I was discussing something with Kylie and she says, I'm sick of this conversation. And I went, so am I. You're like, 
I too am sick of this conversation, the COVID I mean, conversation. Yeah, yeah the she COVID, wasn't sick of not, talking to not me. Talking to you. <laughs> that was another conversation. <laughs> but it was like so many people are on about, you know, there's yeah. just we're so just, much. We're all just ready to move on, aren't we? What Adrian just yeah. said is so mm. true. Mm. It, it's time to shake off. Yeah. You know, we're having a seasonal change at the moment. Mm. We're moving, well, mm. didn't feel like the, this morning, but we're moving into warmer spring, hopefully next yeah. week. And, and it's time to shake off, yeah. shake off some of the old season. But this isn't a seasonal change. This is actually a transformational time. Mm. We have the opportunity during this season to be transformed. To to be to come out of the what do you call it the what's that um, the shell the little cocoon chrysalis the chrysalis of our to to come out of that the with COVID our wings chrysalis. and it and it's yes the cocoon chrysalis <laughs> but it takes effort if you the try chrysalis. and help um, an, a, a little chicken or something get out of that egg it has to fight it has to get out by itself or else it won't develop properly a monarch butterfly um i remember reading this about this guy who when he was young he tried to help it out and because it was struggling but when what didn't take place was that struggle actually formed the blood vessels in its wings so that once it got out its wings could unfold unfurl unfold and actually grow and this little monarch butterfly he helped it out and it never grew to its full size it never its wings didn't come out so I'm, I'm saying this because we need to be aware of the season that we're in we are people of faith we're fighting the good fight of faith not fighting the good fight of of just you know who's what what's right or what what's really true or in the world today. I'm not talking about um, heavenly truth. I'm talking about just what is truth in the world um, and the perspective of the world because no one knows anymore. There is, there is so much evidence flying around about everything and so many conspiracy theories. And even Isaiah back way back said, don't call conspiracy everything these people call conspiracy. There's been so much going on. We've had earthquakes in Victoria. We've had protests in Victoria. We've had stuff going on in Victoria. It's time for us to move on. It's time for us to shake off this season and, and look forward with hope and anticipation as to what God is doing in us, not just in the world, but in us. The transformation has to take place in us, doesn't it? And, and this morning, Kylie and I want to continue on with um, the discussion that we started last week because we realised I was just... Because there is so, so much. Before we do that... Oh, please. Can I just like retouch on what... That line, re-emphasize. That, that line that, that Jesus said, yeah. that that is the word for the church in this season, isn't it? Yeah. Stand up and look up. Yeah. Stand up and look up. Yeah. It's not. It's not time to sit down. It's not time to become apathetic. It's not time to be slack and stay on the couch. This is the season where they where it's the birth pains. Yeah, it's the beginning days of the last times. Yes. So the word to the church is stand up, rise and up, up and yeah. look up. Don't look down. Don't look at what's happening. Stand up and look up. Don't look at the computer. Yeah. Don't be watching YouTube all the yeah. time. Don't be looking at, you know, opinions. Mm. Yeah. So we can't say we don't know what to do in these times and this oh, season because Jesus has made come it clear on. to us. Yes. It's the time to stand up. 
stand up in your authority, stand up in who you know God is and to look up because we just got to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. But surely Jesus wasn't talking to us, you know. He never had the struggles that we have today of a pandemic. (laughs) We act like we're the only generation Mm. that faced hardship. And there's every generation has hardships. Yeah. Like before this, we were complaining about something else. Mm, yeah. We are. We're complainers, yeah. but we're yeah. not meant to be complainers. We're meant to be praisers. Mm. We're meant to mm. be worshippers of God yeah. Yeah. And, and actually mindful of his creation because he has placed himself in creation. Mm. Um, there was a guy, Arthur, I read this during the week, Arthur, Arthur, Arthur. He wasn't Martha. He was Arthur. Where's my phone? Mm. I, I actually wrote down his, his name. Oh, there we are on there. I'm watching it on YouTube. And let me just pull up. Arthur Keith. He was an um, anthropologist. He was a, a, a scientist. He was born in the 1800s, died in 1955. And he made this profound statement. Evolution is unproved and improvable. But we believe it because the alternative of creation is just incredulous. That's the only reason is because if we believe that creation, there, that there is actually a design to creation, that we were designed for a purpose and we just didn't evolve, then we must recognise that there is a heaven and an earth. Not just an earth, but there is a heaven and an earth. And if there is a heaven, then who is in heaven? And then, then we must come to the point where we, we agree that there is a God over everything and he's not just a God, he is a redemptive God. And, um, and he is calling out to creation, calling out to mankind for a relationship, not for us to get into a religion, but a relationship with him. So people, it's time for us to stand up, it's time for us to look up and it's time for us to speak up about the testimony. In this whole thing, what Jesus talked about, he said, you will be held to account and you will testify on my behalf. You will testify and be my witnesses. But don't worry about what you're going to speak because I'll give you the wisdom that no one will be able to refute. I love that. I don't have to rely on my own smarts. That Jesus, will, his spirit will give me the ability to speak truth in the right season. And um, yeah. So, yeah. And we've got to have those encounters with God. Like mm. I, we were discussing this earlier, yeah. um, how an encounter with the presence of God changes everything. Mm. It changes yeah. everything. I know yeah. when I've been, you know, upset with Kylie, it doesn't happen very often. I'm, I'm upset with Kylie, so I go and talk to Dad about it and I'm praying about it. Immediately my attitude changes. Mm. Immediately I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> what, a, what a fool <laughs> I have been. And... You know, and then it goes from praying that God would make her change to then praying, God, change me. You know, oh, help me understand. Help me be a better man. Mm. And um, like even worship, and we were talking about it because there was a, a, a guy in our church. Um, he's, he's not very vocal and demonstrative at all. But the last one, just as we were coming out of lockdown last time and we were able to have, I, don't, I can't even remember the numbers, but he was behind me and I was jumping up and down and really excited about, you know, worshipping together. And afterwards he came up and he says, I can't believe how much I've missed this. I, 
you know, he'd been watching mm. it on TV and mm. he just said, I can't believe how much this changes me, how yeah. much it transforms me. Yeah. Being in the presence of people that are worshipping God mm. and, and focusing on God. Mm. So we can't make this normal ever. We can't treat this as normal and just like, when's this going to be finished? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Worshipping God is something mm. that we need to be expressive in because in that worship we encounter God. Mm. And an encounter with God will change your, your perspective. It will make you stand up and look up. It will change your position in life. It will yeah. change, it'll change everything. Your desires will change. Mm. They'll become more in line with what God wants and you'll be, yeah. So allow it to do that. And we, we yeah. want to talk about people that position themselves for encounters. Yeah. Because yeah. what we talked about Naaman last week was it wasn't the story about a servant. Oh, sorry, about a about a captain and a, a disease being healed. It was actually the, a tale of two servants, not a tale of two cities. Yeah, a tale so, of two servants. Uh, last week we talked about… It, it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> <laughs> you'll find it in 2 Kings 5, um, the story of, of Naaman yes. and Elisha. Uh, so we'll just do a real… We'll just touch on a couple of points. Recap. Just do a, a bit of a recap. We a won't recapitulation. read the story again because you guys read it with us last week. Um, so, yeah, we've just got three points to touch on. You're a genius. So, so the first one is God won't heal what we conceal. So Ooh. Naaman had leprosy under his armour and it wasn't until he put up his hand and say, said, hey, I need some help because it was starting to eat away at him and starting to get, get the better of him. And um, so, you know, and he would have, Elisha said, go and go and dip in the river, go and wash in the river, yeah. he would have had to remove his armour, you know, to get wet and to expose his nakedness and to, to bear himself before God and to be vulnerable and say, I've got something that I, I need your help for. Mm. And so, you know, we all have to come to that place where we're honest and open and where we go somewhere for help. We go to someone for help that we know can help us because we can't keep concealed what's eating us away because then it won't ever be dealt with. It won't, it won't ever be healed. So it's that place of humility that we all need to come to. And that's the key, isn't where, it? Yeah, where we, we get in the river and we get in that place where we can encounter God mm. and, he, and he will meet us there. He meets us there, doesn't he? Yeah. He's, you know, is, we're talking about testifying. Is there anyone here that can testify? Come on. That when they've cried out to God and said, I need you, I don't know what yes. to do about this, I don't know how to fix this, I don't know where to go from here, and that's where God comes and he meets you in that mm. place of need. So true. He meets you in that place of vulnerability. And we can all testify and say there are times where we have had to get in the river and allow the Holy Spirit to yeah. wash us, to cleanse us. Yeah. And he meets us there and he heals us and he restores us yeah. because he's such a good God. Like Adrian said before, you take off your jacket yeah. and you just chuck it. That's right. You know, like, yeah. and I recently said, made a comment to somebody, they, they, they were saying they can't hear God, they, they don't know what's going on, they, mm. you know, they're crying out to God. And I said, well, when you can't hear God, you've got to go back to his word and his promises. Yeah. Yeah. And he is near the brokenhearted. Mm. A, a bruised reed he will not break. Yeah. 
you know, and, and he yeah. says, cast your cares on me because I care for yeah. you. And when I made that statement, he, he realised that's it. Mm. I need to let go of this. I need to yeah. cast this care. I need to, yeah. you know, because when you cast something, the there's always mm. a reciprocative mm. thing where it comes back to you. Something yeah. will come back to yeah. you. And the good thing is when you cast cares away, you get mm. peace in return. Mm. Yeah. When you cast cares away, you get yeah. joy. You get yeah. you get hope back. And that that hope is that joyful expectation of good that God will even make good in this situation yeah. no does. matter what's going on. And he does. He does. So that's the first point. God won't heal what we conceal. And so it, and we've got to get it out. And we do. We need to yeah. actually, even if you don't, you know, you're like, oh, but I can't tell anybody about this. But if you go to the Father, mm. it says if we confess our sins, mm. he is just yep. and able. Mm. I love those two things, mm. just and, and able, able to forgive us our sins and then cleanse us for all un- mm. from all unrighteousness. Yeah. Yeah. But the powerful thing is about us confessing our sins one to another is that it shows that we are all on the same plane. Mm. That none of us yeah. are up high. All of us have issues in our life that if we share them, we can – because it's like I remember talking to a friend of mine and he, he said, it's like I'm in this pit and I don't know how to get out. And I said, yeah, but as your eyes adjust, you'll see that there is a way out. Mm. And, or somebody yes. who's down in a pit and somebody jumps down with them and said, what are you doing down here now? Mm. You're stuck as well. And he goes, yeah, but I've been here before. Mm. When we say mm. that we're, you know, yeah. and share yeah. the struggles that we've had, it's like I've been where mm. you are mm. right now and yeah. I know a way mm. out. Yeah. And that way is Jesus. Yeah. There's truth in this yeah. and, um, yeah. and some answers. So yeah. when, we, when we, can, we reveal what we mm. conceal, mm. then God can heal. Yeah. I'm yeah. a poet and I didn't realise it before. <laughs> the second, second point is that a humble heart gets his attention. So Naaman, Naaman went, went to Elisha proud, didn't he? Yeah. And he went away humble. Yes. And that's what you were just saying about when we go to God in prayer. And, you know, we, we take all our stuff to God. We take all our achievements. We take our success. Mm. We take our frustration or, or whatever about why he hasn't done it yet. And, um, and then as soon as we encounter his presence... It humbles us and we realise yes. that we are in so much lack and that he, he is so good and so great. And Matthew 18, 3, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom mm. of God. And Second Kings tells us that Naaman went in the river and he washed and it said, and his skin was restored like that of a child's. Like a child. Yeah. So he, he went in a proud man and he came out a humble child. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's the effect that the presence of God has on us. That when we encounter him and we see that he's so much greater, he is so good and so kind to us, yeah. that it, it changes our heart. It makes us humble. It does. It, it changes our very uh, – the appearance – our skin glows. Yeah. You know, that, that's what it's virtually mm. saying is that our, our complexion glows then because yeah. we are full of joy, mm. we are full of peace, mm. we are full of hope. Yeah. And um, I know some people that are, you know, a lot older than I, but they just have this incredible perspective. I love talking to them. They Incredible perspective where they're just like, God is... 
God mm. has kind of come through. Mm. And they're, they're things, there's things in their lives that they've been holding out for years and they still haven't seen the answer to it. Mm. But they keep saying, but God's going to do it. God's yeah. faithful. Yeah. God's going to do it. Yeah. And they have this childlike hope and mm. childlike faith. You know, we, we all believe anything's possible when we're a kid. Mm. You know, yeah. dad can do it. Mum yeah. can do it. Yeah. Why don't we get this? You can, you've got money. You can make mm. it happen. And they, they don't realize. It's not until we get it that beat out of us mm. and we, we lose that. Yeah. But the thing is that God wants us to actually have that because mm. with him, mm. he, nothing's impossible. Mm. Nothing's yeah. impossible in his realm. Because Naaman had come to that place where, where we all come to eventually in our life where we realize once I encounter the love of God and the goodness of God, nothing that I accumulate, mm. nothing that I mm. achieve, my bank balance, the, the titles before my name, the degree that I got in college, whatever I've got, nothing that I have achieved or that I can accumulate in my life can ever compare to the goodness, yeah. to the grace yeah. and to his presence. Yeah. It's like it humbles you. Because you come to that place where you realise nothing else really matters apart from his presence, apart from his goodness, apart from his kingdom. Everything I have that is good comes from him anyway. Yeah, yeah. And, and Naaman got to that point where he realised all, all this gold, this million, million dollars, million million worth, of dollars gold. worth of gold and all this silver. $330,000 worth of all silver. All this clothing... It, it doesn't compare yeah. with the way that God has transformed my life. And we all come to that place of humility eventually mm. where we go, my efforts, my accomplishments count for nothing mm. in the light of his presence and yeah. his goodness. They're tools. Yeah. They might be tools in your hand, mm. but they're tools to bring about um, affecting the kingdom of heaven, yeah. not just in, in pampering your yeah. life here on earth. Yes. That's what it's for. Yeah. So a humble heart gets his attention. Yeah. And the third point is a servant heart gets his attention. Oh, come on. And, and this is what you referred to when you said um, that there's a subplot to this story. Every story, every good story has a subplot, doesn't it? Um, it's not just a story about Naaman and Elisha. It's also a story about two servants, mm. about Naaman's servant and Elisha's servant yeah. and how they responded in this situation. It's a bit like Downton Abbey where you have the upstairs and the downstairs. <laughs> you have the main characters and then you have the subplot, was, what's going on with the servants, you know. I was, I'm, I'm amazed that you were able to weave Downton Abbey to, into <laughs> this. <laughs> Every good story has a, a, another story going on in the background and there's another story going on in the background of yeah. this story. So we have Naaman's servant girl. We're not even told her name. No. But, but we know that she was an Israelite and we know that she'd been taken captive into service in Naaman's house. So she was a slave. So she was being held against her will. She'd been taken away from her family. She'd been taken away from her people. Yep. She'd been taken away from her faith community. Yep. She'd been taken out of her culture and she'd been taken captive into a household to serve them. Mm. But I love her heart because despite all of that, she didn't choose any of that. She didn't choose where she was in life at this point. 
But despite all of that, she still held on to her belief that I serve a God who is good. I serve a great God and Mm -hmm. he can help you in your situation. The God of Israel, he he does stuff and he does miraculous stuff. Yeah. And and that's where she spoke to him and said, there's a prophet in Israel and if you go to him, he can heal you. Yeah. So she... What slave would want that of their master? Wouldn't they say, go to him, maybe you can die on the way. You know, like, <laughs> just get out of my, get out of the house. <laughs> but, but she said, no, go and get healed. Mm. What a heart. And they listened to her, wow. which makes me think she must have served them Yeah, had well. some influence. Yeah. She must have served them with humility. Mm. And so when she provided a solution, they listened to her. When she had I'd something to say, yeah. she had integrity in that household. Mm. She she didn't hold a grudge. She wasn't narky and angry and you know, she she served them with integrity and so they listened to her when she spoke up. What an astounding example for us today. Yeah. In so circumstances. Even when we're in a place where we don't want to be. Yeah. If we serve faithfully in that place, Come on. when it's time for us to speak, people will listen. Yeah. People listen to yeah. us. So who – and it makes me think, who are we when we're taken out of our Christian context? Mm. Who are we when we have to be in a workplace that we don't like or, or we're in a family that doesn't honour God? Yeah. Or, you know, we're in a Come society on. that doesn't honour God. Mm. We're in a culture that is so anti-Christian. So who are we when we are surrounded by those people? And if we have integrity and if we have humility, mm. then when we speak, they will listen. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So they listened to her. So that was... that was. That's a great example. Naaman's really. servant. That's Naaman's servant. And then we have Gehazi, on the other hand, who was Elisha's servant. Yeah. And he just seen Haman healed right in front of his eyes. Yeah. He just seen him transformed miraculously, but and he lived in the household of Elisha. Yeah, so in, in contrast to Naaman's servant that lived in an ungodly household, he lived in a godly household. Mm. He was surrounded by the presence of God. He lived in the household with the prophet of God, who was yep. God's representative so you, to got, his people. You got to remember that Elisha was the servant of Elijah. Yeah. And he was he saw everything that Elijah did and then said I want a double portion from you. Mm. I I'm your servant. I want a double portion from you. Yeah. And so Gehazi was servant to Elisha. Yeah. So he would have he wasn't just someone there to to clean up. Mm. He was actually a close attendant. He was like an apprentice. He would have been someone that that Elisha wasn't just getting him to, you know, make my bed and do this and do that. He would have been sowing into his life and mm. being being an example to him and training him and teaching him and elevating him yeah. all the time. And even to the point where he sent the servant out, Elisha sent Gehazi mm. out yeah. to speak to Haman. Yeah. And, and give him the word. Yeah, the word of So he of was God. starting him on the journey mm-hmm. of speaking prophetic words and instruction and guidance into other people's lives. Yeah. So, yeah. So we, we might just read, because we didn't read this bit last week. 
So we might just read 2 Kings 5 um, from verse 19. So grab, grab your Bible and follow along or just listen, whatever. Um, so this is what happened after Naaman left. He'd been healed. Haman. Naaman. Naaman. <laughs> it's, I was getting It's them really all mixed confusing up. because there's a Haman, there's a Naam, and there's a Naaman in the Bible. <laughs> and we used all of them last week. <laughs> I think we week. used all of them last week. So I'm trying really hard to get the name right this week. The Naaman, Naaman had left. <laughs> and this is what um, Gehazi did. Uh, after Naaman, this is verse 19, after Naaman had travelled some distance, Gehazi went, hang on a minute. Uh, he said to himself, my master was too easy on, on Naaman. Yeah. This, this Aramean, by not accepting from him what he'd bought. As surely as the Lord lives, I will run after him and get something from him. Get something. I'm going to get something from him. So we have Naaman's servant on one hand who wants to give And we have Gehazi, Elisha's servant, on the other hand, that just wants to take. He just wants to get something from him. So Gehazi hurried after Naaman, and when Naaman saw him running towards him, he got down off his chariot to meet him, and he said, Is everything okay? And he said, Sure, everything's okay. Um, My master sent me to say, which is a big fat lie, two young men from the company of the prophets have just come to me from the hill country of Ephraim, Please give them a talent of silver and two two nice suits, and by all means, um, take two two talents," said Naaman, and he urged Gehazi to accept them. Then he tied up the two talents of silver in two bags with two sets of clothing, and he gave them to two of his servants, and they carried them ahead of Gehazi. And when Gehazi came to the hill, he took the things from the servants and he put them away in his house. And he sent the men away and they left. And then he went in and stood before his master, Elisha. Liar, liar, loincloth on fire. (laughs) Yeah. Where have you been, Gehazi? Elisha asked. Your servant didn't go anywhere, Gehazi answered. But Elisha said to him, was not my spirit with you when the man got down from his chariot to meet you? He forgot. Is this the time to take money or to accept clothes? Or feather your own nest or accumulate your own wealth or take olive groves and vineyards and Ooh. flocks and herds or men servants and maid servants. Naaman's leprosy will cling to you and to your descendants forever. Shakalaka. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Boom, shakalaka. Then Gehazi went from Elisha's presence and he was leprous as white as snow. Wow. So. His Gehazi's physical condition yes. represented the condition of his heart. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because greed is a disease. Yes. Envy is a disease. Mm. What just wanting to take and manipulate to get what you want is a disease. Yeah. So his external appearance just showed the condition of his heart. It did. It it changed everything for yeah. him. Yeah. But it wasn't Without redemption either. Mm. Because later on we read um, in, in the next chapter um, when Elisha, the Arameans, come out in battle against um, Israel again and they, they start setting up, um, the king of Aram starts setting up little um, opportunities to attack Israel. But Elisha keeps telling 
the king of Israel what they're planning. And to the point where I think it's Ben Haddad, isn't it? Um, the king of, of Aram goes, who is, who's, who's the one, the traitor here? Who's telling Israel what we're doing? And they go, no, king, there's a prophet, Elisha, and he, he speaks in the courts of the king what you whisper in your bedroom. So he's, he's actually telling everything that you think that you're saying quietly. He is, he's shouting it out in Israel. So they go, right, let's go and get him. So they go to Dothan, um, the city, and surround Dothan. Gehazi is there with Elisha at that time. And he gets up and he goes, Elisha, we are surrounded. The whole city is surrounded by horses and chariots. What are we going to do? And Elisha's response wasn't like, oh, no, quick, get me a cup of coffee and I'll think about it. He just says, Lord, open his eyes. He prays that his eyes would be open, that he'd be able to see heaven and earth. He didn't just say, yeah, you leprous little scumbag. Um, He said, open his eyes. Then he saw that there was chariots, horses and chariots of fire, and there were more with them than there was against them. Later on, the king of Aram then besieged Samaria, and it was such a bad siege on Samaria that they were they started cannibalism, that donkeys' heads were selling for five shekels. There's not a lot of palatable meat on a donkey, let alone a donkey's head. And and they were they were down to no food at all, and there were four lepers outside the camp. Historians say that that was Gehazi and his three sons. They were outside the city. They go into the Aramean camp. Now he's had. This is in chapter six. This is in chapter six. So then they have a whole. He has a whole change of heart. They go in there and they find that the Arameans have have fled. That God has caused them to just um, attack each other and just go running off in the night, and everything's left there. So they start collecting it all, and all of a sudden. Gehazi, who was all just mindful of getting his own wealth, says, no, this is not right. We have to help them out. It's later on, I think in chapter 8, that then the, the king of Israel is asking Gehazi about the miracles of um, Elisha. So a leper would not be allowed into the king's presence. A king would not be around a leper. So there are some historians that say he actually received healing but there was a process and a journey to it and it wasn't a nice journey he was he was exiled he was cast out there were um but God gave him opportunities along the way so it's never over like it's never over even though there was this statement made over him and a and what we would class as a curse given but it wasn't a curse it was an outcome it was a consequence of his lying his deception his manipulation and his stealing that's what it boils down to yeah so, and he wouldn't have had to go on that journey if he'd appreciated where God had placed him in the first place. Yeah. If he'd appreciated the fact that he was in, in a household of faith, he was in the place of God's presence, he was in Elisha's household. Yeah. You know, and it, and it just uh, shows us the danger of taking God's presence for granted. Oh, yeah. The danger of not, not being grateful for where he's placed us. Yes. When we're in the presence of God, then we need to honour his presence and we need to be grateful for his presence. Yeah. Um, and we need to soak up his presence. And that, you know, that's why you can have two people in church 
And one person says, Was, wasn't the worship awesome? And didn't you feel, you know, so touched by the presence of God? And wasn't the word of God amazing? Yeah, and they receive me. so much revelation and they appreciate it. And then there can be someone sitting beside them that says, I got nothing out of the worship. Yeah. I, I got nothing out of the, the word. Drums are too loud. Because they're not they're not honoring the place where God has put them. Mm. They're not they're not hungry for the yeah. word of God. They're not hungry for the presence of God. And even though um Gehazi was in a household of faith. He wasn't hungry nah, or grateful for no. what God had already given yeah. him. It's it's like when um, when Jacob, you know, he went to sleep on the rock and then he, he woke up and he saw the stairway to heaven. He was like, surely the Lord was in this place yep. and I didn't even yep. realize it. Yep. And and that's that was the place that Gehazi was in. God was right with him. God was preparing him for so much goodness. Yeah. And he didn't even recognize it because mm. he was enticed by the gold and the silver and and the success that he saw over there. And he didn't realize God had given him so much right where he was. And and it's that hunger for what yeah. God has already no matter what the season is. Yeah, no matter so, what the season so is. So what you're saying is that we can be appreciative for the season that we're in at the moment. Yes. A lot mm. of people are just like, I hate it. I can't wait until this is open. Mm. Over, all this is wrong. This is bad. Uh, but it's like, but can we still be appreciative? Mm. Can we still be thankful? Mm. Can we still rejoice in, yeah. in this season? Mm. Yes, we can. We're mm. actually called and exhorted to do mm. that, mm. To, to actually give thanks to God in all circumstances. Yeah. yeah. Haven't we heard that somewhere before? Rejoice always, pray continually, and in all seasons give, give thanks. thanks. And yeah. in this season, mm. you don't have to be thankful for what's happening, but you can be thankful that God mm. is doing something. Yeah. God has already moved, he's already shifted and we're starting mm. to catch up and realise you're doing an amazing work in the world because at the moment people want bedrock, people mm. want the mm. truth, people are searching and are hungry for the truth mm. and yeah. there's only one truth, yeah. there's only one that truth mm. and that's Jesus. Yeah. He is the way, the truth, the life. Yeah. He's all the mm. Not yeah. that, yeah. he's all the, yeah. <laughs> the way, the truth, the life. Mm. And we can be thankful. We can. And when we've, had, when we've had a good week, we need to come into his presence and praise him. Yep. And when we've had a bad week, we need to come into his presence and praise him. Yeah. And when we're on the mountain, we need to come into his presence and praise him. In the valley. And when we're in the valley, come we on. need to come into his presence and praise him. Yes. And, you know, when... Even when the lawns need mowing and the car needs washing and the washing is piling up, we need to come into his presence and praise him. Is that what messes with your thinking, <laughs> is it? It's all those things. <laughs> when it's a nice day for a picnic, when it's a nice day for a game of golf, when it's a nice day to walk down the river, we need to come into his presence yeah, and praise on. him. Yes. We need to come into his house because his presence is here and if we honour and cherish his presence and if we're hungry for his presence, we will come into his house and yes. praise him. Yes. We'll come into his house, we'll be hungry for his word mm. and we'll bring our children into the house of God. We'll bring our oh, children yeah. in the house of God because we know that 
more important than them getting into the baseball team, more important than, than them being the right in, university. in the right university or in the popular group at school or getting straight A's or A pluses is that they have an encounter with yeah. God. Yeah. And so we bring them into the house of God every week Come on. so that they can encounter God because we yep. know that that is the most important bedrock that there we can give them in yes. their life. Come on. That is the thing that they will build their life on because that is the thing that we've built our lives mm. on and that is what sustains us and that is what will see us through yep. no matter what season we go through that is what will see us yep. through definitely that is what definitely. will see our kids through the presence of god the word of god is what we stand on mm. it's what we keep coming back to week after week and in our day homes modeling you yeah. know that that when there's a struggle you know what what is the most valuable thing in a home you know, that allowing that, because if it's money, if it's fame, if it's um, sport or any of those things, then and, and you value that, then that's, that's the level that it'll stay at. Mm. But if you value the peace of God, if you value the breakthrough of, of God, if you mm. keep coming back to, hey, God's got this, yeah. how is he going to outwork this? Let's, mm. let's, let's pray about this mm. and let's agree. And, yeah. and with anticipation and expectation, let's wait on the Lord to yeah. see how he's yeah. going to bring it about. Yeah. Not just complain about it, mm. but let's wait on the Lord. Yeah. Because those that wait on the Lord, what happens? They, they will rise up. Strength. Rise up, yeah. renewed strength. They so rise up. Stronger. Stand up, yeah. look up. Yeah. And you might be saying, why are you talking about coming into the presence of God, coming to the house of God? Because if I could be there, I would be there. And I know, I know that we're feeling frustrated because if, you know, if we all could be together, we would be together. But that frustration is actually a good thing. Come on. Because that frustration is what makes yep. us stand firm and hold yes. on and and celebrate when we can all gather together we will we will celebrate so much yes and so it's it's a good frustration and and this is only a season and it will pass it will pass it will pass and the time will come when we can all gather again but but what will be the condition of our heart because mm. we've been taken out of our Christian context. Just like the servant girl was removed from her Christian community, yeah. but she still declared, my God is good and I serve a good God. Yeah. So the condition of your heart depends on when you're taken out of your Christian context, what is your declaration? Yeah. What is your bedrock? What do you hold on to? And when we all come back together again, if you've been holding on to that bedrock, then the condition of your heart will be strong, it will be steadfast, it will be determined, mm. and it will be focused. We, we've, so, seen, we've seen some amazing miracles take place yeah. even during – we've got to yeah. re keep recording these things. You yeah. know, like, um, but I'm, I'm just mindful that there are some people that are just – pressing in and leaning in for God to move yeah. in their life yeah. and they're seeing the result of that. Yeah. And there are others that are on social media and, mm. and that has become almost like an idolatrous thing in our lives that, mm. that that is so important because that's where we're going to for information or, or I don't know, some form of comfort. I got off social media a long time ago. I'm on Instagram just so my kids can send me funny things. Mm. That's, that's the only thing that I'm on. Yeah. And I send it out to some of you guys, but you never talk back to me because you're not Insta on Instagram. So, <laughs> But I got rid of Facebook ages ago I because mean, it was it, just annoying me. It can me. be a good tool. Some people it is. use it as, it's a a, tool. as a good tool, but yeah. you've got to be cool to so it. So is gold, but when you <laughs> form cool it into a it. calf, 
you know, and put it up high. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, but, we're, but we're, I, yeah. I'm, the point I'm making is that don't get distracted in these yeah. times. Yeah. This is a time to actually mm. really hone mm. our perspective and yeah. hone. And, yeah. and like what Jesus says, stand up. Look up. Mm. Real. It takes effort to stand up in yeah. times where everything's trying to press yeah. you down. Yeah. And that's not just stand up physically. Okay, I've got to stand up. No, no. That means rise up mm. inside. But yeah. everything's trying to press us down yeah. and get us depressed and get us yeah. under something at the moment. Mm. No, it's time to stand up and, you know, and just let you take a deep breath and then look up. Mm. Take your eyes off what everybody else is pointing at. But this is wrong and that's wrong and mm. this is you know, misinformation and this is mm. fake news and all that. And it's time to look up and see where the, where the real truth mm. is, who the yeah. real truth is. Yeah. And, um, and I know that we reflect that. Mm. Just like when we look up into the sun and we catch that sun and, the, and it, you know, it changes our complexion because we get a tan. Mm. Well, some of us get a tan. We've, we've got some Indians and Italians and, they, they, and, and Africans. They're just beautifully tanned all the time. They, they must. We go red and blue and all different colours. <laughs> but when you catch that sun, you reflect it. When we catch the sun, we reflect him. He changes our complexion. He changes our very skin, as Kylie said, and that's beautiful. Yeah. Hey, we're going we're gonna to have communion. So oh. grab some communion. Cassie's coming with our, with our emblems. This is an important thing to do. And, and honestly, I keep forgetting to do it. We've, we've gone a couple of Sundays without having communion, but do Jesus this. said do this often. <laughs> but it, just because we're not doing it on a Sunday because we've got limited time and we're 12 minutes over, you talk too much, Kyle. I know. Um, <laughs> I will, Yes. But this is to remember Jesus. On the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks before anything took place. He knew what was coming, but he knew that he was going to be betrayed that night in that meal. And he took the bread and he broke it. He gave thanks and he broke it. And he said, eat this. This is my body that is broken for you. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he said, this is a cup of the new covenant. They knew what the old covenant was, but now this is a cup of the new covenant and it's in my blood. It's not, it's not just, he, he used the example of drinking his blood, but we're drinking a new covenant here. It's, it, we're partaking in a whole new covenant. It's not the blood of goats and the blood of bulls that are, and rams that are, that are cleansing us. This is once and for all, something that in our culture we don't know what it means to sacrifice an animal for a purpose we just sacrifice it for our consumption hmm this was done for our eternal benefit not just to nourish us this is done for our eternal benefit and and Paul goes on to say and when we eat and drink in remembrance of Jesus we proclaim everything that he achieved for us, the victory that he achieved for us. Even if we don't fully understand it, 
We proclaim that we are free. We are proclaiming that we are sons and daughters of a living God. We're proclaiming that we are now seated in the heavenly realms with Christ Jesus. We're proclaiming that He is our healer and by His stripes we shall be healed. And we're proclaiming that He will provide for us. And we're proclaiming that no matter what happens to this body, we are safe. We are safe. Do you want to pray, Kai? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that this cup and and this bread represents. We're so grateful that you overcame, that that you pushed through and you fulfilled what you came to earth to fulfill on our behalf. You You did something that we couldn't do for ourselves. You saved us. You gave us a hope. You gave us a future and you gave us eternity in your presence. And that is something that we can never achieve by our own efforts. And we are so grateful for you. And we are so grateful for everything that you've given us. And we're so grateful that every good thing in our life comes from you. And we honour you for that. And we acknowledge you for that. That nothing that is good or eternal comes from ourselves, but it comes from you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in our hearts in this season, for what you're doing in our families. Lord, that you are making us steadfast, that you are fixing our eyes on what matters, that you are causing us to stand up and to lift up our heads. Thank you, Jesus, that you are so trustworthy, that you are so faithful, that you are so true. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your body, Jesus. Thank you for your body. By your stripes, we are healed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the cup of the new covenant. By the shedding of your blood. Uh, you dealt with sin once and for all. For all mankind. Jesus, I thank you that that the gift, the gospel, the good news is now available to everyone. Salvation is now available to everyone. And this is the day of salvation. Father, I just thank you right now by your spirit for those that maybe not heard the message of hope that is in Jesus, the message of truth, Mm. of heaven and earth, Mm. that you are God and there is no other, that you are God. You created all things Mm. for your pleasure. And we are made in your image. Father, I just thank you right now for those that need to make that step. Take that step. Proclaim with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. Holy Spirit, I just thank you right now for each heart that is starting to stir towards the the message and say there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more than this. It's so easy to do. All you need to do is just say, Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my life, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Take control. Yeah. Forgive, me. Forgive me for my sins, and I give you my life. It's not the only prayer, not the only conversation I'll have with God, but it's the best way to start yeah. in proclaiming, Jesus, you're Lord of my life now. I give it to you. I'm not in charge anymore. You're in charge, and I want to follow your example. Father, I just thank you right now by your spirit for those that are 
making a choice and taking that step. Thank you for revelation. Thank you for truth, being open to them as they read the word, as they encounter believers. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.